Hey everyone, welcome back to the Winner Circle. I'm Cody, and as you can obviously see, and if you're listening on audio, I will be doing this by myself. This is just a little catch up uh, because I decided to go on a little bit of a hiatus right when the Big Brother season started, and so now I feel like I'm playing catch up. But there were some things I wanted to talk about because I didn't get a chance to cover what I saw on Big Brother on the winner circle. And so I'm excited that I get to come to you guys right now, kind of in this little intimate setting and just go over some of the things that I saw and what I felt about it. If you haven't already watched, there are a lot of episodes that I've already dropped. Tiffany is our new live feed correspondent, and she's doing a great job. She's covering a lot of the things she's seen on the live feeds, how she feels about it, and just bringing like a completely different perspective to it. And so if you haven't seen her episodes, go check those out. And then Derek is covering the live shows. Last uh, last week, he had Jeff and Jordan on, who are the sweethearts of Big Brother. And I'm actually a little bit jealous that they were on and I wasn't here. But it was a great episode, so make sure you go give that a look. Also on Tiffany's episode, she covers a little bit of the challenge. Um, she has some guests on, and I think she has some really cool conversations because she has not only played Big Brother, but now she's also played the challenge. So if you haven't done so already, check out those episodes. We have had a lot of videos dropping a lot of good conversations. Um, the last time I was here, uh, all I really saw was the first episode. We watched Daniel win the HOH, and then I went away. And in Italy, it's impossible to get any of the episodes. So all I could do was listen to the episodes that the Winner Circle had posted. And there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on in this house. So we're going to jump right into it. And some of the things that I'm going to touch on really more importantly are the treatment of Taylor, Paloma's exit, and we're going to go over the backstage twist and how badly I wish I would have gotten to see that play out because I think it would have been so entertaining. And then we're going to go over Pooch's master plan, which uh, seems to be blowing up in his face. And so uh, these are, this was a lot going on. It was a lot to catch up on. I watched literally five episodes. I listened to all the Winter Circle episodes. And so now I'm ready to rock. So I'm returning to you early when Daniel has to nominate two people. Daniel nominates Terrence and Michael. And we see poor Terrence is just gets into the pitfall of the older guy that just has not fully connected yet. And these live move-ins, I think what nobody really understands is how quick the game actually starts. And I wasn't used to this on 16, but I had to come become used to it on All-Stars. And because when you have the live move-in, you're ultimately playing your first week in seven days. And on my first season, we played our first week in 14 days. And so the nominations came about four days after where the nominations came after the move-in about a day to two days after. And so it's not easy to have conversations with everybody. And as the HOH, it becomes very easy to just nominate people who you haven't had a ton of conversations with. And ultimately that's what Terrence's downfall was and why he went on the block. Now, Michael was doing the best that he could. And I think it was funny how Daniel just didn't like how he was like, you know, Michael went and tried to have game conversations with Daniel and just Daniel wasn't having it. Daniel didn't like him. He knew he was a super fan. I guess he, I, it was really impressive how uh, Daniel picked up on uh, Michael opening the door for everybody and not being the first one in the house because he knows that the first one in the house has never won the game. Now, other than that really impressive thing that he picked up on, I didn't love how Daniel 
um, treated his first HOH from a lot of the live show. And now I'm not watching the feeds religious, religiously. I'm watching them here and there. I'm reading different conversations. But what I saw in the live show was that Daniel was just having a ton of conversations up in the HOH room with, you know, he was, and, and the conversations always were, Hey, come and talk to me. I have no problem talking. Just come and talk to me. Like he was having a conversation with somebody downstairs and then was like, Oh yeah, just come up and talk to me. And then just went upstairs. And this is kind of opposite to how I like to play the HOH. I was the first HOH, and it's a very difficult one to play. But when I played it, I wanted to make sure I was rarely in the HOH room. I went into the HOH room to either go to the bathroom, shower, or go to sleep. And if I was up there, it was usually like I kind of went up there, somebody followed me, and then people were just kind of filling in as it went, as time went on. And it, it almost seems like, Daniel was just taking that first HOH and just staying upstairs, hoping that conversations came his way instead of actively going and seeking those conversations. And so what we did see, though, was a final two start between Daniel and Nicole. Now, I love Nicole. I think she's going to be going to be a great player. I think she's in a very good position right now. And um, I don't know how this final two is going to work out. I know Nicole is going to be loyal because we've already seen Nicole in future episodes already tell Daniel about an alliance that she was brought in on just to build that trust with him, which is why I think she's going to be incredible. I also think she's very aware of what's going on. You saw this in the Taylor situation. You could see how Nicole was picking up on this isn't the full story. And so we'll jump into that right now because ultimately Michael wins the veto. Michael's coming down. And now we saw little things that Paloma was kind of like hinting at. We saw that she really like there was something about Taylor that was bothering Paloma. Right. And we saw it right from the get go after the first episode. And I think that this this kind of target that Paloma wanted to put on Taylor just came from a place of like I want to say it's insecurity. I want to say it's jealousy, but I also want to say she felt threatened by Taylor. Because Taylor was someone that came into the house and she immediately was getting along with the guys. She just found herself hanging out with the guys. They showed her playing pool with them. But then there was something that Taylor said that I absolutely loved. And she said she was talking with the guys and she was hanging out with the guys because she wanted to hear how they talk to one another. She wanted to hear kind of like what they say to each other and how they act around each other. So she could ultimately take that, use that, keep it in her pocket and then... If she sees anything different happening, she can use it against them. And I love that. I think so far what I've seen from Taylor is just she's extremely self-aware, minus the fact that she didn't really feel like she was on the outs. But that was something that I feel like happened like in an instant. And everybody was getting along with her until Paloma kind of got into everybody's ears. And it, it's just unfortunate because Taylor... I think came into this house and has an heir to her, right? Like she knows who she is. I think she definitely has a great understanding of who she is, what she wants to be. And so when somebody comes into the house like that, if you're around people or around somebody that maybe doesn't feel the same way about themselves, it comes off. It, you come across almost like threatening or you come across like you're full of yourself, which I don't think was fair that that was kind of projected onto Taylor. Yes. She was a pageant girl. I don't understand how that, directly correlates to her just being full of herself. Yeah, she was wearing her dresses. And what I think a lot of people, Tiffany made this point, a lot of people don't understand that early on, Big Brother keeps a lot of your clothes. 
certain things that maybe have certain looks to them that they need to make sure cameras are okay with having these outfits on because if you wear certain things on a live show, Big Brother wants to make sure everything that's in the house is approved. So Taylor must have gotten some clothes and she was wearing them and she was just showing people off in the back. She was showing it to some of the girls in the back room. Then we saw Joseph come in and I thought it was like this little, this fun little thing that was going on in the back room. It's just part of who Taylor is. She has, she likes her clothes. She likes her outfits. And so she was trying them on in the back room. People were like, oh, you should go out and walk the runway. And I didn't love how that turned into like, uh, like Jasmine kind of jumping on board to like, kind of go after Taylor in that aspect. Like, girl, I don't think you should be doing that. And I was like, girl, weren't you the one that was like encouraging her to go out there? And then obviously you saw Paloma with her like eye rolls and her looks. But again, I think that Taylor is very threatening to a lot of the girls in the house. She didn't immediately run over to the girls and want to be in an all-girls alliance because I feel like Taylor is aware of the game. And she has seen in the past that the all-girls alliance tends to fracture. And so it also isn't really a great idea to just run into something early in the game. And so I feel like Taylor was like slow playing it. The other thing I love about Taylor is her self-awareness. She was very aware of how she is, has been in the past. She's like, I know I maybe it takes me a little bit of time to open up. And I know maybe that's not a great thing in this house. And then we saw her adjust, which I'm, I'm not going to jump ahead to, but this shows that she's just a very self-aware person. And there's a lot of different things that Taylor has said that just shows her level of intelligence. The problem was, was that, if you're not with someone like that or someone like that doesn't make you feel like they're on your side, you immediately think that that person is a threat to you or on the opposing side of you. So what do you do? You try to target them. Now, the way that it happened, I don't like because what happened was it ultimately got to a point where Taylor was just an outcast. And this is probably one of my least favorite things about Big Brother. I have hated it on every season. It happened to Cody Nixon. He was just ostracized. Nobody would go near him. And I hated watching stuff like that because ultimately what I think people realize or forget to realize is that you are playing a game, but these are real people and there is, there are real people watching you. And so the fact that Taylor was getting to the point of like, nobody would go near her almost like she had the plague. I hate that. That's one of my least favorite things. And I don't think there's an excuse for it. Even if there's somebody in the game, that's a liar. Even if there's somebody in the game that is treating you and like trying to backstab you, like that's part of the game. Now, if they're treating you horrible, like personally, I can understand if you're like, I don't want to be near you, but for the whole house, I've it usually doesn't happen where there's one person that just treats the whole house personally horrible. And so Taylor definitely wasn't doing that. And what was happening was it seemed like the whole house decided to like ostracize Taylor. And it, it started when Paloma had Taylor in the back room. I want to say it was Paloma, Jasmine, Taylor, and there was one other girl. I want to say maybe it was Brittany. And they were kind of talking to Taylor about how they feel like the guys are getting really close and they were feeling threatened by the guys. And they were saying like Monty in particular. And so Taylor decides she wants to go and tell Monty this. Now, it always becomes difficult because the second it goes from Taylor hearing like hearing it from the girls and going to Monty, there's always going to be a fraction of the story that's left out. And I or there's just a delivery because we don't know exactly how comf comfortable Taylor feels with Monty just yet. And so maybe Taylor felt nervous when she went to Monty because she was divulging information and she didn't know how he was going to take it. He ultimately tells him that 
because Paloma's name comes up and she says you should go talk to her because she was saying how she feels a little threatened by the guys because the guys are all getting tight and getting together. I don't really know what happened in this conversation that all of a sudden now Taylor became a liar because like, and I love that big brother on the live show. They tend to do this. They like show exactly the conversations that happen that maybe they're like, Oh, Monty's like, Oh, I feel Taylor lied to me. And Paloma's like, wow, she is a liar. I can't believe she lied. And then Jasmine was like, wow, she did lie. And I was like, Jasmine, you were in the room when this was said by Paloma. And I love that they highlight this because it shows how when you're in this house and there's somebody that is obviously, you know, maybe on the outs or that you want targeted everything that could be said about them or could be piled onto them tends to get piled onto them. And I hate that. That aspect of Big Brother is horrible. And this is ultimately what was happening to, to Taylor. And it's terrible. And it's all stemmed from Paloma. And I really feel like this came from an insecurity aspect of her. And this came from a threatening aspect because there was a lot of other conversations and I, you know, there were a lot of things that went out there. Um, Tiffany and uh, Chada and Aza covered this about different microaggressions. And I think it's tough to jump to conclusions on that right away. I understand that there needs to be a conversation about that. And I totally agree. And the girls opened up that conversation, but it just felt like a lot was being projected onto the house guests and onto this cast in particular. And we were in the first week. And what I want to say about the first week of Big Brother is that it is extremely high school. It is extremely backwards. Like the 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 smallest things could could make you want to put somebody on the block and then once somebody or you make you want to target somebody and then once they're targeted, you want to find anything and everything to be like pile it on, pile it on, pile it on. We need somebody to go home. And so this first week was a lot. I think it's horrible that it happened to Taylor because I feel like Taylor, it was like really undeserved. It was really undeserved because I think Taylor is, I think Taylor's a kind person. I think Taylor's genuine. I think Taylor knows who she is and is a confident person. And I'm definitely somebody who I know who I am. I'm confident. I'm not, I don't have all, I have insecurities, but I like to hold myself to a certain standard. And I feel like if people would just push something on me like, oh, because he's confident. Oh, he must be full of himself. I think there's a difference between confidence and arrogance. And I don't think Taylor is arrogant. I think Taylor is confident and I respect that. And so what was being pushed on her was just like arrogance, this quote unquote arrogance. And I think what was happening is it was stemming from Paloma. Taylor goes on the block after the veto is used. And now you see Paloma run over to Taylor, which was one of the most bizarre things I've watched in a long time. But I think it also showed how heavy of a burden Paloma was holding on herself. It was a crazy burden because she ran over to Taylor and then was crying to her as if she wasn't the person that literally rallied the entire house. She went to Daniel. She went to Monty. She went to, what was it? It was Kyle as well. She had Jasmine. She had all the girls. And the only one that was pretty much picking up on this, like this, something just didn't seem right was Nicole. And Nicole, whether it's because of her background, whether it's because of her maturity, whether it's because of her age, was picking up on this doesn't feel right. This feels like there's information missing. And she was exactly correct. And it really wasn't information missing. It just was Paloma said something to Taylor. Taylor then brought it to Monty. Monty then went and said something to Paloma. And Paloma immediately needs to backtrack. And you see this happen all the time, right? You want to share something with somebody they go and share it with somebody else and then it gets back to you. And immediately you think, okay, this person's trying to play me. I'm going to try to get everybody to target them. Now, what ended up happening was I think it just went a little far. 
I think it went a little far because Paloma just could have said, hey, remember we had this conversation and Taylor ran right to Monty and told him. So like, can we really trust her? Instead, it was like drag Taylor. It was like, call her a liar, make her out to be something that she really isn't. And like, let's rip her down instead of just like go after her in like this game makes sense. And that's the aspect that I really didn't like. I didn't love how Daniel, like I would have been embarrassed if I was Taylor, which I think she was. If the veto ceremony, when I got nominated, when I got nominated at the veto ceremony, if, if the speech was what Daniel said to me and I, I would have, I would have felt some type of way. And so Taylor had every right to feel some type of way. The thing I love about Taylor though, is that when all this is happening and she's like, she's told this information by Daniel before the veto ceremony, she's like, you know what? I just feel like I just need to go let it out. And then I'm going to continue on. And a lot of people, it shows a lot about Taylor. A lot of people will take that coming from Daniel They'll take going on the block and they'll just mope around until there's a day left. And then they're like, now nah, I want to fight for my chance to stay. And it's already too late at that point. What I loved about Taylor is that she had this moment in the bathroom, which was like gut wrenching and really difficult to watch. She just puts her head down and she's crying. And it was her way of like kind of getting it all out. It's like, I'm getting it out. I just need to do it once and then I'm done. And then I'm going to go after whatever I can do to try to fight uh, in this game. And I love that. I thought it was awesome. I thought it showed like the fight and it showed the character that she has. And so now we see the week kind of playing out. But immediately after the veto ceremony, we start to see this breakdown of Paloma. And I genuinely feel like the game got to Paloma the second she walked into the house. She was only in there for seven days or six days. And so what happened with Paloma was, one, she was playing the game way too hard, which is extremely taxing. Two, I understand how hard it is to sleep in that house. It becomes very difficult to turn your mind off at night. But what you have to do is you have to stay in bed. And Paloma wasn't doing that. She was like getting up, walking around. There was like a lot of nights, most of us in the Big Brother house sleep for roughly around four to like six hours. Six being like a great night of sleep. Um, unless you're somebody that just decides like I'm going to bed right away. And we, I've always had a couple of people like that on my seasons. Donnie was one of them, Dirty D. He would go to bed right when like 10 o'clock hit and he'd wake up early in the morning and all of us would stay up to like 6 a.m. and be sleeping the whole time that Donnie was awake in the morning. And so unless you're doing that, you're up late and it's really difficult. And especially when you're running through the game, you're in, you're one of the backstage, you were picked by the backstage boss. So you really are in this limbo of, I don't know what this has to do with anything. I'm trying to play the game too hard. I want everybody to target Taylor. And Paloma just got completely stripped down of her like kind of like sense of the outside world. Like, like this is a game. Just relax. This is a game and there's real stuff going on outside. And so let me just try to focus on something that can get my mind settled. And that was my only way of breaking out. And I would think of my family. I would think of Christy. I would think of how many days I had left, man. I can't wait to get out of here. Even early on, I was like, all right, if I go, I could go this week. I could go next week. You almost, you almost try to like break that aspect of like, I'm stuck in here. Because you really aren't. At the end of the day, you could always just leave. And honestly, quite frankly, I'm very happy that Paloma chose to leave. Um, I don't think Paloma would have been good for her mental state if she would have stayed any longer than she did. Because when you're not sleeping and you're up late and you're freaking out and you're playing the game that hard and you're not even like, you're not on the block. It, it kind of was going Paloma's way. She was getting people to target Taylor. 
She wasn't having anybody target her. She she was in a good situation. She had the Girls Girls Alliance. She was getting other people that trusted her. Like Monty obviously trusted her more than he trusted Taylor because he ran right to her after Taylor gave him information. And so that's how you can tell that Paloma was going through something that nobody else was really going through because like Taylor was holding stronger and she was literally being targeted. And so I'm happy that Paloma was was able to recognize what she was going through and and leave the house because as the game goes on, it only gets worse. It only gets worse. It only gets harder. The amount of time that you're in there, your body starts to feel very different because it's hard to get the backyard. It's hard, it's hard to get that natural light. You can't just escape this game. And so I'm happy that Paloma found that and and or or recognized that and realized, okay, I need to go. So now that brings us to the live eviction where Julie ultimately tells the house that Paloma has been removed from the game for personal reasons. And now there's no longer going to be an eviction and the backstage twist, which I thought was a phenomenal first week twist. I am so devastated that we didn't get to see this twist play out, which was ultimately the backstage boss picked the three girls that were in the backstage, Brittany, Alyssa, and Paloma. And after the eviction vote, which would have went Taylor, Taylor would have been voted out. There would have been one person. Ultimately, there was one person that was saved, which was Brittany. So what I'm assuming is, I think Pooch would have had to decide who do you want, pick one of these girls to save now. You either pick Paloma or you pick Alyssa. And then I think the one that he didn't save would have been the one that ended up having to go against whoever was voted out, which would have been the most wild ba wild battle back of all time. I, it was like a battle back in week one that I'm just devastated we didn't get to see because it would have made for phenomenal TV. And just imagine this. Taylor gets voted out. Paloma doesn't exit the house. And again, I hope Paloma is in a good mental state and I hope Paloma is helping herself right now and there's people around her that are helping her kind of get into a good mental state. But with that being said, Imagine this. Taylor voted out. Pooch saves Alyssa. We now have a battle between Taylor and Paloma. The television. First of all, the internet would have exploded. Second of all, my brain would have exploded. And third of all, it would have made for the greatest start to this season outside of some of the stuff that we're seeing on social media. Because I'll tell you right now, this season is... Getting a lot of heat on socials, which I just want to say again, this is the aspect of social media that kind of bothers me. And you don't allow people to just play this game and you're always just judging them. Everybody that goes into this house is trying to play this game to the best of their ability. And so what I want to stop happening is for everybody on the outside to grab their pitchforks right away and come at a cast because I feel like this cast has a lot of people that are trying to play. We're seeing a lot of players in this house. Um, some of the some of the people that I like so far are Amira, Alyssa. Um, I like Nicole, obviously. Daniel's trying to play. Michael's a great player. He's going to be a stud this season. He's going to be very difficult to beat. The only thing I don't like that Michael is doing right now is that he's won two vetoes. But he really he he makes he has a good reasoning for why he did it. And so I hope that doesn't put a target on him because I think he's a very good player. And so we're seeing good players in this house. Like we see super fans. And so I don't want people like grabbing their pitchforks to come after this cast 
on in the first week, which is what I th- I'm hoping that it dialed down. I haven't been following too much on social media as to what's going on, but I do know when I put tweets out, there are people that come at me for even saying I like somebody on the cast. And so I think this is going to be uh, a decent season. I don't know how great it's going to be, but this brings us into the next week. Jasmine wins the HOH. Um, it was, it was hard to watch Jasmine roll her ankle. Cause for somebody that played sports, I rolled my ankles a lot and seeing her go down and roll her ankle was tough, but she powers through and wins the HOH, which I thought was awesome. And it was emotional because you saw her kind of open up about her father who had passed away about two months before she came on. And so it just, it meant a lot to her and I liked seeing her win. And also Jasmine, as we've seen so far, is not afraid to get her hands dirty and make some moves. And I like that, but, uh, little pooch. Pooch, I'm calling him Poocharoni, but it's Poocharelli. Um, he, he came up with this master plan, and it's not a Tiffany-type master plan. It is quite the opposite. It is a master plan to get yourself sent home. And Pooch comes up with, you know, this reasoning behind it is that Dr. Will wasn't afraid to go on the block, and so I'll just nominate myself, but it's like, Pooch, that is not... If, if, there, if there was a Dr. Will handbook, that wouldn't be in it. Um, and so... Dr. Will had a way of manipulating people and just showing that he was careless enough to go on the block, but he was never like, put me up right now. Here's the plan. He's like, and listen, I'll go on a block. I don't even care. But he, he, Pooch, not Dr. Will. Anywho, so Pooch comes up with this plan and is pitching it to like everybody. It was comical how they, I love how Big Brother edits like just him bouncing around to everybody to like, hey, this is the plan. I'm going to go up, Taylor, she's going home. I'm going to beat her. Not a big deal. And then, dude, master plan. Perfect. I'm going to win HOH next week. I'm going to take everybody else out because there's going to be a twist. And I'm going to win the game in three weeks. Record breaking. And um, it just was, I, I was blown away. I'm like, Pooch, what are you doing, bud? Who nominates themselves to go up this early to target somebody? And it's like, I don't know how strong of a relationship Pooch had with Jasmine. Or even the whole house. And the thing is, is that he's got a six-person alliance or a five-person alliance with with Monty, Kyle, um, Pooch, Monty, Kyle, Joseph, and the um, and Turner. Oh, my God. That would have been such poetic justice if I could have remembered his name, but I don't play up for the cameras. It was Turner. And so those five are in a, an alliance called the Odessa or something of that sort that is probably going to fall apart and it is not a great alliance. And uh, so with a five-guy alliance, you feel comfortable enough to like put yourself on the block? That ain't even close to a majority vote, bud. And you're out because now you can't vote and you're on the block. So that's four votes. What are you doing? Statistically speaking, it's like, did he even think it through? I don't know. But respect to Pooch because he's got some... You know what I mean? And so uh, he puts himself on the block and it doesn't look like it's going his way because now there's a ton of people who have already mentioned Pooch's name. Amira, we had seen some of the clips in the live show of Amira wanting Pooch. Brittany went and told Pooch this, which it blew up in her face because then Pooch went and told Amira brilliant stuff, Um, which again should have made Pooch think like, i.e., bro, there was somebody mentioning your name. Why would you go up on the block? Like, the awareness. And this is cocky. And there was another thing that Pooch did that I was just like, it just showed that his self-awareness is just, and his cockiness is just going to be his downfall. And it was when Joseph was trying to tell him, 
don't get too comfortable because every time someone gets comfortable in the big brother house, they go home. And I thought this was awesome. I was like, Joseph, spot on, buddy. And Pooch's demeanor towards that statement was like, Joseph's an idiot. So that was really interesting to me. But Pooch's master plan uh, seems to be working phenomenally. I know there was some stuff I saw on the feeds where that um, that alliance uh, that they had where Pooch, Turner, Monty, Kyle, and Joseph are in it. Apparently, somebody leaked that alliance. It's out there now for the house. I'd seen that on the feeds. And so now Pooch is kind of, I think Pooch, I think he screwed the Pooch. There's no doubt that he screwed his own Pooch. He's a pooch screwer. Anyway, um, and so I, I don't know what, what he was doing, but now we have a two-hour episode coming up this Sunday, which this has kind of caught me up on everything that I missed and just certain things that I wanted to bring perspective to because a lot happened in that first week from the treatment of Taylor to Paloma exiting the house to Pooch coming up with this brilliant plan. But what I do see so far is that this season, although I know there's a lot of people out there that don't love the cast, um, for personal reasons, I think the, I think people just immediately jump to not liking the cast because of what happened to Taylor. And I think there's going to be gamers in this cast. And I think there's going to be people that are really trying to play the game of Big Brother. And so that's what I'm watching this for. And that's what we're covering here. There's going to be treatment of people that none of us like. And there's going to be perspectives that other people want to bring to it. And awareness that other people want to bring to it. And that's why I like having Tiffany covering the live feeds because it brings a completely different perspective than what I can bring. And I think it's just a conversation that everybody needs to be able to have and not be afraid to have because conversations ultimately have two sides to them. And the only way to find middle ground is to not want to attack each other. And so I really want to give this cast a chance and I don't want to come for them. And I know there was a lot of drama in the first week surrounding Taylor and surrounding some of the, the social injustices that we've been talking about now for about two years. And so I just want to have these conversations and I want to, I want people to feel open to having these conversations. And if there's a difference of opinion, don't just try to go at somebody's throat because that's not going to help us find a middle ground. That's just going to continue to have us be divided. And so um, some of my takeaways and my final thoughts are, I can't wait to see Taylor um, do well in this game. I think my only thing that I hate, my, my thing about Taylor that I just hate, and it's just not even her fault, was that her game was ultimately written for her. And what I mean by that was Taylor had that first week, which was completely not her fault. I, I feel it wasn't her fault. Um, now week two, it seems like Taylor's going to get by. Right, it seems like Taylor's not going to go home. What is ultimately going to happen now is there's going to be another week where Taylor doesn't go home, and then another week where Taylor doesn't go home, and because of the game that was written for her in the first week, there's going to come a week, not soon, but it's going to come at some point where there I can already see this happening. It's going to be like, guys, Taylor was supposed to go home in week one. And she didn't. And now look, she skated by six weeks. Like we have to target her. And it's not really fair because Taylor should not have been the house target. Or I mean, really anybody could be on the house target at any point. It just kind of seemed to blow up on Taylor. And I just, I feel some type of way because I don't like how she was ostracized, but anybody could become the house target in week one. And now because that was Taylor, I feel like her game was written for her. So it kind of sucks, but I'm eager to see her just battle and I can't wait to see her win an HOH because that would be baller um, and make for some good TV because I would love to see who she targets because it would be some, it would be awesome. Um, 
And so I'm excited for that. I still think my pick for the season, Nicole, is in a pretty good position. I think she's very well-liked. I think she's very intelligent and she's very conscious of, I think she's conscious of other people's feelings, which I only saw this in the Taylor, um, in the Taylor clips. And I wish I would have seen her kind of like go to Taylor and be like, hey, like I know after that, after that conversation that after she was put on the block after the veto ceremony, I wish anybody but Paloma was the one that grabbed Taylor. Because when I saw Paloma grab her, I was like, is this? I was confused, to say the least. But I still love my pick, Nicole. I uh, do think Derek's pick of Michael is in a really good position. I think that the alliance, my, my favorite alliance in the house is the alliance between Alyssa, Alyssa, Nicole, and Amira, and then Monty, Kyle, and Michael. That's my favorite alliance in the house. Um, and so I think that alliance can do well. And I do really, I am really eager to see, even though I think Brittany will get the boot because of what she pulled. I'm, I'm eager to see how the girly girls do. Because like they're like pretty spot on to not letting it fracture. Now, it's early on. It's early on and we will see what happens. But I want to say my least favorite alliance is the um, the Odessa. I don't know why I keep calling it Odessa. And I'm definitely wrong. And I'm definitely wrong. But I mean, the alliance is going to fracture this week, I think. So like, what does it matter? Um, so that that's my thoughts so far. I think the person in the best position right now the best position in the house might be amira i want to say amira might be in the best position because she has the girly girls she has the oh oh the oasis so i got my producer christy sitting next to me and it is called the oasis Yo, shout out to christy for being my producer on this episode because i'm doing it solo dolo um but it was called the oasis that's right they kept saying the whole thing about oh we're gonna send you to the oasis what even does that mean can somebody comment down below and let me know i'm gonna look it up but like what is the oasis because i always thought oasis was like a positive thing like this oasis like this island but anyway that's neither here nor there i think amir is in the best position in the house with the alliances that she has surrounding her and um i'm eager to see how uh this two-hour episode goes because we're going to see a lot we're going to see an eviction we're going to see an hoh and we're going to see nominations so it'll be fun and then i'm gonna have a special guest coming on with me next week be sure to check out the previous videos and be on the lookout for tiffany's new episode which is going to be dropping this monday on the winner circle again guys thanks for stopping by thanks for hanging out with me on the winner circle and i will see you next week